Get ready to rumble. Chilling Show Unleashed on the Seven Thunders Media Network. Former city councilor, husband, father, and community watchdog. Your host, Rob Schilling. Welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Remember, your direct support makes our show possible, and you can directly support this podcast by visiting shillingshow.com and then clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page to make a monthly contribution. We appreciate your support. The Schilling Show Unleashed podcast welcomes Michael Cutler, a retired senior special agent of the former INS, contributor at Front Page Magazine, host of the Michael Cutler Hour, and today's topic, uh, Biden's Corrupt Transportation, False Security Administration. And Mike, welcome to the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Rob. Uh, thank you for the great work you do, by the way. Uh, isn't it amazing that, as Orwell said, that in a time of tyranny, telling the truth is a revolutionary act? It is, and it's one that could also probably land you in jail, at least Facebook jail. And it's it's sad to see that the, the work that you're doing, the work that I'm doing, is being censored and restricted. So we just got to keep pushing it out there. I want to start off with this premise that you bring up in your latest piece, which is that the Biden immigration policies are bad for America and bad for Americans individually. And let's expand on that. There's been too many people profiting from the immigration system. And frankly, we've seen it on both sides of the aisle. But I I never thought that I would see any politician from either party go so far into operating in total opposition to standing immigration law and in direct violation of the 9-11 Commission findings and recommendations. And, you know, I I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission. I've been before, gosh, maybe 15, 16, 17 hearings in the House and Senate. I've given up counting, almost given up trying to talk to some of these folks. But what astonishes me is that you would think the president of the United States is duty-bound to his oath of office. And when he talks in his oath, when every president talks about defending and preserving the Constitution, Article 4, Section 4 says that the states are to be provided with a Republican form of government and protected against invasion and domestic violence. While it's understandable that administrations will use a certain level of prosecutorial discretion to figure out priorities and how much to do in which direction and so forth, and that's understandable. Everything this administration has done on immigration and other issues flies in direct opposition to standing law. That's not the authority that any administration has or should have. So that's where we're at today. And and as we look at the, the nation as a whole, we see that immigration goes far beyond the borders. Every state is a border state. We've talked about that before. But the crisis sure. is now going far beyond the poorest southern border because this is really infecting every state and every locality. It is. But the thing is, no one is reporting on what's happening on the Canadian border. And I have no idea what's happening. You know, the famous question, if the tree falls in the forest and there's no one there to hear it, does it make a sound? Uh, the better question is, if a tree falls in the forest, but no one reports on it, does, nobody, does anybody know that the tree fell? So if you realize that there are 50 border states, beyond the fact that every state is being impacted by the southern border disaster, uh, we have aliens coming in across the Canadian border, we have 95,000 miles of coastline, we have international airports scattered across our entire nation, 
every immigration policy under the Biden administration is being ignored and purposefully violated, whether it's aiding, abetting, inducing, encouraging aliens to enter the United States in violation of law under Title VIII, United States Code Section 1324, whether it's to transport aliens, whether it's to ignore immigration fraud. This one really blew me away. Again, going back to the 9-11 Commission, it was determined by the Commission that the biggest vulnerability frequently exploited by terrorists, and not just on 9-11, but all the terrorists that have come from other countries have exploited immigration fraud, lying about identities, assuming multiple false identities, concealing affiliation with terrorist or criminal organizations, and so forth. And yet, Mayorkas, the head of Homeland Security, a couple of weeks ago issued a statement where he said that aliens who violate the immigration laws by committing fraud to obtain United States citizenship will have nothing to fear. Even though it's a felony and a very serious one, he said that anybody who commits immigration fraud will be protected. They will not go after them to either prosecute them or strip them of citizenship, even if it's ill-gotten. You know, when our guys raided the bin Laden compound, they found a copy of the 9-11 Commission report. They also found an application for U.S. citizenship. Many of the terrorists, if you read through the indictments and the reports that are issued about the circumstances under which they were apprehended, applied for and received U.S. citizenship so they could have two passports to alternate as they travel around the world and embed themselves. And you have this administration flooding America with so many aliens, they've overwhelmed the interior system also. They've said they won't enforce the laws against people who intentionally hire illegal aliens. One of the sections of law that I want your listeners to go to, besides 1324, Title VIII, which talks about smuggling, harboring, shielding, transporting, is Title VIII, United States Code, Section 1182, 1182. And this is really important because it enumerates the categories of aliens who are to be kept out of the country. Now, realize there's not a word in that section of law about race, religion, ethnicity, Nothing. If it was about that, I couldn't have enforced those laws for 30 seconds, let alone 30 years. It's aliens from dangerous communicable diseases. Think about COVID. Think about monkeypox. Think about Ellis Island being a quarantine station. Aliens who are severely mentally ill are criminals, terrorists, spies, human rights violators, war criminals, fugitives from justice, aliens who are human traffickers and drug smugglers. Aliens who, if they work, would displace American workers and or drive down the wages of Americans. Who in their right mind could be opposed to laws like that? You would think it's common sense to protect Americans. But the Biden administration has overwhelmed the system. When these folks apply for asylum, and only a very small percentage will be eligible, the applications fill the system, which means that people who apply for asylum will not have scrutiny. Again, Immigration fraud. Think of all the terrorists who applied for and received asylum, the Boston Marathon bombers, the Sarnayev brothers. That family got political asylum by lying. Time and again, Faisal Shahzad, the Times Square bomber. Terrorists applied for asylum, got asylum. The 9-11 Commission specifically talked about that. And if you look at the method of or the conveyances used by terrorists, it's not airplanes so much as motor vehicles, and yet you have sanctuary states providing driver's licenses to aliens who, whose identities can't be determined. That's what undocumented really means. Think about that word. So we're giving driver's licenses to people whose identities can't be verified. We put up barriers against car bombs and truck bombs, but we have no idea who's driving the vehicles. 
We have an administration that talks about domestic terrorism, specifically white extremists, while ignoring our poorest borders, while ignoring, by the way, just as a quick aside, the damage being done to America by China and other adversaries whose people are easily able to legally enter the United States. So at what point does somebody in the White House press corps have the sense and the decency to ask, how are these policy decisions in the best interests of the average American? Why should any American be happy with what you're doing? How's that for an interesting question? Well, I wish we'd hear it asked. And, you know, as I listen to you, Mike, describing all of this, it sounds like a cloud and piven strategy, but it's being implemented against the nation by our own president and administration. It is. And now, you know, it's come to light that the administration is permitting aliens to get on board airplanes. Think about how many Americans are on no-fly list. Illegal aliens with warrants of arrest issued by immigration authorities are now considered valid ID to get on board an airliner. Now, understand the problem, and I'm speaking from experience. Too many talking heads on TV offer all sorts of opinions without a shred of background or experience or anything else. When you encounter an illegal alien, and I've made hundreds if not thousands of arrests of illegal aliens in my career, you ask them, what's your name? And very often they either have no ID or multiple fake ID. So the question is, who are you? You know, I've jokingly said that you could easily determine the difference between a good guy and a bad guy. The good guy gets up in the morning and goes through his stuff to figure out what he wants to wear. Bad guy goes through his or her stuff to figure out who they want to be. You have an alien who says, my name is Joe Smith. They have no documentation to prove it. So what name are you going to put on the paperwork? You're going to put down Joe Smith because that's the name they gave you. That's how these warrants are being issued. So somebody whose name might be on every terror watch list in the world gets arrested, comes up with a false name, and the 9-11 Commission said that the 19 hijackers in the aggregate used over 360 false names or variations of false names. So then the names they give you are meaningless, and those are the names that are, for the most part, appearing on these immigration warrants. And it was an interesting exchange because Josh Hawley, Senator Hawley's trying to do the right thing. There was a hearing on July 21st, and Fox News reported on it under the title, TSA chief says that under 1,000 illegal immigrants have been allowed to board airplanes with Lawrence's ID. I'm not even sure I believe that. You know, you've got Mayorkas saying the border is secure, okay? It seems as though everyone who works in this administration is a damn liar. Let's be blunt. I'm not going to play games. I lived through 9-11. How many people have to die? So here's part of the interview, according to the report. Senator Hawley pushed the TSA chief on why he would allow illegal immigrants with such warrants to onto flights at all. Quote, we aren't looking at whether a person is legal or illegal in the country. He, meaning the director of TSA, he said, our role is to make sure the people who may pose a risk to transportation that is significant enough to require enhanced screening were not allow them to fly. Hawley then said, so your position is that someone who's known to have violated the laws of the United States does not thereby need enhanced screening, Hawley said. Quote, sir, there are people who violate the laws of the United States every day who fly. Pekoski reported, that's the TSA chief's name. We look for the things that relate to transportation security. What things are you looking for if you don't know the identity of the person that you're letting on board an airplane? Think about what a huge betrayal this is and what a huge risk this creates. You know, it's funny, the border wall 
was never designed to stop people from entering the United States, yet neither party wanted to fund Trump's border wall. And it may shock your audience to think about that. Mm-hmm. But the border wall was never designed to stop the entry of a single person or a single piece of, of cargo. It doesn't block ports of entry. It's only designed to funnel everyone through a port of entry so they can be vetted. It's no different from going to a baseball park or a football stadium and be expected to go through a gate and not traipse across the field. That's what we're talking about. And one of the analogies that I've used over the years is that the border wall is like the cattle run at the airport that guides passengers to the next available TSA agent. And then rhetorically, I've asked, and I did this on Fox News, and the reaction was immediate and horrified. I said, would you get on an airplane if you saw people sneaking past TSA? And the young lady on Fox let out a little shriek, and she said, oh, my gosh, of course not. Okay, now let's back up. The screening process is apparently worthless. It is a charade. It is a sham. So for all those people who would be horrified at the notion of getting on an airplane that weren't screened by TSA, basically that's where we are right now in America If the screening process is meaningless, then there is no screening. The only thing worse than no security is false security. What do you think of that? I think you're right on target. The Shilling Show Unleashed podcast with Michael Cutler continues in a moment. Join the revolution. Online at shillingshow.com. Borderhawk.news is a one-stop shop with the latest news about immigration, nationalism, and globalism. The Borderhawk staff daily curates immigration news stories and in the fashion of the Drudge Report, updates the site with cutting-edge content and original first-class commentary. Borderhawk.news highlights national and international media reports, tweets and nuggets buried in local news blurbs, polls, video clips, and policy research. Borderhawk is pro-legal immigration, pro-rule of law, but against an unsecure border as countless Americans have suffered violence at the hands of criminal illegal aliens. And an increasing number of Americans are concerned about how mass migration affects their daily life. Borderhawk.news will remain on the forefront of the immigration issue with a buffet of info to read, evaluate, and share. Bookmark Borderhawk.news. Add them on social media at News on Twitter. Chilling Show Unleashed. We continue with Michael Cutler talking about the Corrupt Transportation Security Administration, how insecure it makes the United States of America. You had mentioned earlier, Mike, this whole issue of providing fake names, and this has got to be two things. Number one, it's a game, and both sides are aware that it's being played. And number two, I've got to ask you, is there any biometric or DNA records being kept and associated with the given names? Well, they may have fingerprints. They may have, I don't think they're doing DNA, Mm -hmm. but here's the problem that we have. When Mayorkas was in contention to get the job of of head of Homeland Security, I wrote an article at Front Page Magazine about Mayorkas because he was a known quantity. Under the Biden administration, Alejandro Mayorkas was the head of United States Citizenship and Immigration Services, a division of DHS. Now, that, that agency gets very little scrutiny by the media. There's nothing exciting about it. But I was an adjudications officer for a year, and all of the adjudications officers operate under Citizenship and Immigration Services. So here's what I want everyone to know. Citizenship and Immigration Services, I like to use analogies, is actually America's locksmith. 
I've done tons of television. The problem with TV is it's a visual medium. And what does that mean? The people that do TV want some dramatic footage and as a backdrop to the interview that you're doing. Think of how many videos run in the background while they interview somebody. People charging across the border. People in long lines, the caravans heading north into the United States. Those long lines are visual images. Uh, agents in raid gear ca crashing through doors, that's a visual image. Everyone gets that. And, and you know what? The TV people love those images because this is really good stuff for them. They're happy that they're doing this, so they have an image to show people. But the adjudicator who sits at a desk with an approval stamp and issues green cards to people, that's not visual. It, it's like, you know, some guy reviewing your tax return. Nothing to see here, folks. Keep moving. Again, a point that I like to make. People want to talk about border walls, and they get all excited, and it needs to be 50 feet high, and let's put electrified concertine wire on top of it, slather it with grease and coat it in mm. Teflon. But you know what? A green card gets you past the border wall. But again, because of the way that TV news is carried, no one even thinks about the people who get lawful status. How many times they go on a program and they'll say, Mike Cutler is an expert on illegal immigration. Well, that's not accurate. I'm an expert on immigration, period. And I hate the word expert because no one has all the answers. But do you understand the point? So when you give people lawful status, you're giving them a level of credibility that enables them to travel around the country freely. And there was a hearing, by the way, and I have to quote this because this hearing keeps me awake every night. Back on 2018, April 17th, the House Subcommittee on Counterterrorism and Intelligence held a hearing on the state sponsors of terrorism and examination of Iran's global terrorism network. Now, I want you to understand what the risks are, because when you hear Hezbollah, you think Middle East. I wonder what the folks out there think about how Hezbollah is operating throughout Latin America. And so you have people applying for visas, and Mayorkas, when he was America's locksmith, ordered its people to approve petitions for visas even after the FBI warned them that the people that were applying were affiliated with known terrorist organizations in Iran. Think about that. And so he went on from being the head of Citizenship and Immigration Services to running the entire Department of Homeland Security. And by the way, I did another article for Front Page Magazine about how these NGOs, these non-government organizations, supposedly non-profits, are being paid hundreds of millions of dollars to house the illegal aliens coming into the United States. And in one case, a particular company who had never done this before for immigration was granted over a $500 million contract, no bid, no competition. And it happened shortly after a former Biden employee who was part of the Biden transition team quit the administration and went to work for that company. And the Office of Inspector General found out that over $17 million was paid to that company for beds that were never used. So the immigration system has become a delivery system. And that's why the politicians from both parties don't want to interfere with it. It delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. And it's not just the illegals. It's the high-tech visas. And there have been all kinds of conferences where former generals are saying, America needs to import thousands of brilliant foreigners. How does that make us secure when our intellectual property winds up in the hands of our enemies? We're also in, it provides an unlimited supply of foreign tourists and foreign students and for the immigration lawyers out there, an unlimited supply of clients. So neither party wants to upset this very lucrative apple cart that they all have dibs on. But here's what they said at this particular hearing that keeps me awake. 
The speaker that I'm quoting is Dr. Emmanuel Ortolenge. He's a member of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies. Mm -hmm. And by the way, I watched the video of the hearing, and I'm experienced with hearings. Sometimes somebody makes a statement and other witnesses at the hearing will disagree with you. I've been involved in quite a few exchanges like that. Everybody was on the same page, no matter which party called them to testify at this hearing on Iran and terrorism. Understand, no one's refuting this. Now, here's his statement. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. Cooperation includes the laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing, selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system, and its efforts both in Lebanon and overseas to keep Shia's communities loyal to its cause and complicit in its endeavors. This next paragraph is why I find myself frequently staring up at the light in my bedroom in the middle of the night. This toxic crime terror nexus, that is Hezbollah and the human traffickers, this toxic crime terror nexus is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America that is helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. Think of the images of all those caravans. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs. It is helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America, just on the other side of the southern border, folks, Latin America. It is thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists and a continent-wide terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. You've got an administration that says if you lie on an application to citizenship, we'll take no action against you. By the way, this uh, so-called green bill that they're passing has tens of billions of dollars to enhance the Internal Revenue Service to audit Americans' tax returns, lie on immigration paperwork, and you have nothing to fear and my concern about the IRS, by the way, I know it's a little off immigration, but it's important to understand, is that if you selectively audit people, you can use the IRS as a weapon against your political adversaries. If Charlie Smith is on your side, no matter what he says, his application, his, his tax return sails through. My color, or you make a statement, they're going to take that application, put it under a magnifying glass and say, wait a minute. There's $300 there, there's $400 there, there's $1,000 there that you can't account for. We're going to audit you. Let's call this guy in and let's consider criminal prosecution. Why else would you be ramping up IRS to the extent that they are wanting to hire thousands of internal revenue agents while immigration fraud, which was identified by the 9-11 Commission as a key method of entry and abetting, goes clear through and nobody seems to care in this administration. What more does this administration have to do to undermine our national security? And what I'd love to know, because I remember after 9-11, how many politicians pounded the podium and demanded to know why no one connected the dots? Well, the dots have all been well connected, and we've even colored in the spaces between the dots and the lines that we drew. Everyone knows what the risks are, and this administration is operating in 100% opposition. Now, the final thing I want everyone to think about Everyone gets caught up in this box score. How many aliens are apprehended? How many people are being deported? All this other nonsense. The numbers don't tell the whole story. I want everyone to think about the number 19. 19. Why 19? Because on September 11, 2001, 
19 hijackers killed more people than we lost to the Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor. Then since 9-11, more than twice that number have died because of their exposure to the toxins when the buildings collapsed. So we're talking about nearly 10,000 people. Then you look at the drugs on the border flowing easily into the United States. 100,000 plus die of overdoses. How many more people have died because people who are strung out and desperate for money commit violent crimes to get their hands on money so they could buy dope? How many more people are killed by the gangs who come into the United States across the open border and their expenses are being funded by the drug trade? The drug trade includes fentanyl from China. China is laundering the cartel's drug money, weakening America. And, you know, with all this talk about violence and mass shootings, here's a question that I've never seen asked or answered. When a plane crashes, when there's a terrible car accident, the first obvious question is, was the pilot operating under the influence of alcohol or drugs? Why is no one looking at toxicology of people who pull the trigger? You know, the idea that we're going to make guns disappear by making them outlawed is nuts. Now, as an agent, I took many guns off the street that were in the hands of terrorists and drug dealers, because I've arrested terrorists, I've arrested drug dealers, I've arrested people wanted for murder in other countries, not just Latin America. I arrested a guy wanted for murder in Israel. I arrested a guy wanted for murder in England. I arrested a suspected IRA terrorist and took a gun off of him here in Queens, New York. This isn't about race. These are all the big lies. I got an award from the government of Japan. They're not Latino in Japan. This is about people. And human nature is universal no matter where you go. Every race, every religion, every ethnicity has the good, the bad, and the ugly. The problem is people seem to have this crazy notion that if you make guns illegal, they will disappear. If that was the case, I would support the kinds of laws they're trying to pass. But that's not the case. Drugs are illegal. You've never seen an easier time to get your hand on drugs. And in places like New York, and this blows my mind, as we're being flooded by narcotics by America's enemies, there are signs in the subway telling people how to use crack and heroin and other dangerous illegal drugs safely. Just think about the enormity of that. It's illegal. It's a felony. But here's how you can use it safely. This is insanity. But nobody talks about whether or not people are using the drugs and it's then doing damage to their brain or fogs their thinking and they go out and pull off mass shootings. Beyond that, you have video games that are basically simulators for mass casualty events. There was just an interview on Fox yesterday by gang members saying that the carjackings they do are just like what they learned how to do playing video games. We're going to take the guns off the street, supposedly, but it's the same people that want the toughest gun laws in history who want no law enforcement. Now, I want everyone to just stop and think about that. If you have tight gun laws and you enforce the laws, you will find bad guys with guns and you will arrest them and you will seize the gun. I know. I work with the cops. And what did they do in New York? They got rid of anti-crime. I did a ton of work with anti-crime units around the city. They grabbed more guns than any other division of the NYPD. What did de Blasio, the former mayor, do? He disbanded the gun unit, basically. So they want tough gun laws, but they don't want laws enforced. Now, if you ask yourself, is there a rational thought process? I actually believe there is. Criminals don't care about the law. They care about repercussions. When you take away cause and effect, if I'm caught with a gun, I'm going to jail. Why wouldn't they carry a gun now? Law-abiding citizens, by definition, will follow the law whether they like it or not, whether it gets them killed or hurt. They will follow the law. 
because that's the definition of law-abiding. I don't go 90 miles an hour on the highway because I'm worried about radar. I don't go 90 miles an hour because it's against the law and it's dangerous. That's what most decent people follow. What's dangerous and what's illegal, we're not going to do it. So when you make guns illegal, the criminals will have the guns because we're not prosecuting them. They take guns off of these people and put them back on the street the same day or the next day. It's like playing hockey and being put in the penalty box. And these people don't care about being in jail either, by the way. Who's not carrying guns? Law-abiding citizens. You're now going after the police. Who's going to protect the law-abiding citizens? Nobody. My fear is that down the road they're going to look to federalize law enforcement. That's what the Nazis did. And then they will have total control over society. I might be crazy, but there's no other way to look at this sanely and objectively. Why in the world do you want tougher gun laws but no law enforcement, even as we have record numbers of people, including babies, being gunned down and killed. I want someone to give me an alternative understanding, an alternative explanation for the insanity that we're witnessing in America today. We have a very tragic situation, a very dangerous situation. Michael Cutler, if people would like to follow your work online, listen to your broadcasts and podcasts, how can they do that? My program, The Michael Cutler Hour, is on Friday night, 7 p.m. East Coast time. If you don't have the time then, just click on The Michael Cutler Hour. My podcasts are all up. And generally what I do is a rehash in last week's insanity. I used to do a lot of interviews, and people love the interviews, but they wanted me to spend more time deciphering the insanity. So that's what I do for an hour once a week, The Michael Cutler Hour. I write for Front Page Magazine, proud to be affiliated with the David Horowitz Freedom Center. They sponsor Front Page Magazine. I've been writing for them since 2014. My latest article that is up actually deals with the TSA, where I noted in my article that the TSA needs a new letter to be added from TSA to TFSA, the Transportation False Security Administration. And my own personal website is michaelcutler.net. A final point, if I may. This is summertime. We're getting together. You know, I really believe part of the COVID strategy was to keep us from talking to one another. Divide and conquer. We've seen segments of our society being scapegoated. I'm Jewish. I lost a big part of my family to the Holocaust. I was named for my mother's mother who couldn't get out of Poland, my my grandmother. We've got to start talking to each other as Americans. If you sit down, no name calling. Be careful with the use of language. I've heard too many conservatives use the term bleeding heart liberal. It's one of the worst terms I've ever heard in my entire life. My degree was in communications, arts, and sciences. I was going to teach debate on the college level. Words have impact. When you say bleeding heart liberal, you're going to lose the support of the people that we really need. There's nothing wrong with being compassionate. When we look for friends, we want people who are compassionate. So how is it an insult in anyone's mind if they're right thinking that you're insulting someone by saying, oh, he's a bleeding heart. He's compassionate. That makes him wrong. No, be careful about this. And if you really sit down with people and you talk about their goals and their concerns and the dreams they have for their children and their grandchildren or their nieces and nephews, we all pretty much share the same views. We want a safe world where our children and our grandchildren can flourish, when they can live up to their full potential, where they can live happy and successful lives. Who wouldn't want that? So if you start with the common ground that we all want and then explain that there may be multiple ways to get to the same destination, and if we're respectful with the fact that there are people who may take views that we disagree with, 
That's patriotic to disagree, by the way. That's what the First Amendment is about. How have we become so divided, whether it's abortion, whether it's school, whatever the issue, we're entitled to disagree. If you don't think we're entitled to disagree, then you're trashing the First Amendment, which is at the rock bottom foundation of America and the freedoms that we enjoy. Let's be respectful. Let's be armed with the facts. And what I would ask everyone to do is be part of my bucket brigade of truth. Take the links to my podcast. Take the links to my articles and other articles and challenge everything I say, by the way. Challenge everything everyone says. Voltaire, after all, said you judge a person's intelligence by the questions they ask. Don't be afraid to ask questions. But share it and make that a starting point for a discussion. No accusations, no condescension, no name calling. And just say, look, we have a problem. And it's not anti-immigrant to enforce the laws. The most likely victims of the violence by transnational gangs, and this is across every spectrum, are the members of the ethnic immigrant communities, because that's where these people live and operate. And they're threatening the safety and lives of their family members back home. And this is universal, whether they come from Russia, whether they come from China, whether they come from Mexico or Colombia or Jamaica. The immigration laws are designed to protect innocent lives. And once you get past this nonsense and this rhetoric that it's anti-immigrant to want a secure border and an immigration system that has integrity, people suddenly come to the understanding that they're being lied to by people profiting by the globalists who don't give a damn about America's sovereignty or America's future. And with all of our adversaries who are out there, if ever there was a time America needs to be stronger, this is the time. And we, as citizens of this republic, need to work tirelessly to get the politicians to understand that we're not the fools they hope we are. And don't just think that because someone says that they're a Republican, that they're on our side. There's a woman in Florida, Maria, I think her name is Salazar, who wants a massive amnesty program. Mm -hmm. If they're here more than five years, well, how do you know how long they've been here? Aliens who run the border make no record of entry. And with no ability to interview millions of people, no ability to do a field investigation, and every alien who gets legalized can then bring in all their minor children. If we legalize 25 million aliens, and that's a low number, I believe, and they each bring in four kids on average, folks, they could bring in 100 million children who immediately have to go to school. The goal, I believe, of the Democrat Party is to crash the economy so that everyone is forced to go to the government for money so they can afford the luxuries of putting on the lights at night and, and buying a hamburger somewhere. This is an economic battle being waged against Americans, and we need to be wise to it and alert our fellow Americans about it. And when we challenge the politicians, we not only need to ask the right questions, but we need to understand whether their answers make sense or they're just providing us with blather that makes no sense because they've been bought off by the globalists. Those are words of wisdom. Michael Cutler, thank you for your ongoing efforts, and thank you for joining us today on the Schilling Show Unleashed podcast. Thank you for having me. Be safe. That concludes another edition of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Visit us online at shillingshow.com where you can directly support this podcast by clicking on the Patreon banner at the top of the page and making a monthly donation. Your support is essential for the continuation of the Shilling Show Unleashed podcast. Until next time. <laughs>